0: Hello, Jay here. If I could ask, could you give us a little five-star rating on Apple Podcasts? Go on, please. It won't take long. You can just do it now. That'd be lovely. And share the podcast. Tell your friends. Appreciate it. And on today's show, we're talking to the awesome chef Adam Goodman from Kids Meals Phuket. Originally from Canada, Adam arrived in Phuket in 2014. His journey here has taken him from Vancouver and Beijing, China. Adam talks about his path into becoming a chef, catering at the Vancouver Winter Olympics, and how becoming a dad was a catalyst to set up Kids Meals Phuket with his wife. Adam is super cool, an awesome chef, and he's from Canada, which makes him just plain nice. Eh? We like Adam, and he gave us free food. Mmm, food. Enjoy the show! Welcome to the podcast. I, 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 I
1: was, <laughs> was going to let you get away with that one today. Were you? I was. I was feeling in a festive mood.
2: Russell, it's not about you. Can't help but not be in a festive mood with a shirt like I that. No. know. Ryan. Thank you
0: very much, Adam. Adam Goodman from <laughs> Kids Meals Phuket. I like this because I can read everything. I don't have to make notes. Tried to make it easy. Yeah. Thank you very much.
1: And it's colourful. Colour-coded as well.
0: Yeah. Thank you for being here, Russell.
1: Mate, it's, I, I would not miss this for the world. I might be late, but I wouldn't miss it.
0: Um, Adam.
2: Yes. Adam, Adam, Adam.
0: When did you arrive in Phuket?
2: I arrived in Phuket with my wife in 2014. Canadian. Well, I came from Beijing, but I am Canadian. Yes.
0: Yes. Oh, don't go to Beijing now as a Canadian. They don't like you. Uh,
2: Yes. Why?
0: (laughs) Why? Oh, Canada and, and China don't like each other anymore. No one likes China. I like China. Russell, I like China. Shush your noise. Okay. <laughs> They're listening right now. <laughs> <laughs> China's amazing. And I will be going to the Olympics <laughs> yeah. to cheer the them on. Yeah. Um, sorry,
2: I wasn't listening. When did you get to here? <laughs> uh, uh, 2014. 2014.
0: And what was the reason you came here?
2: Uh, we came here to escape the Beijing weather, to be honest. the The pollution was just getting so much that we wanted, to, we wanted to change the scenery and we wanted to start a family. So we looked around at a few places and landed on Phuket.
1: How long had you been in, in Beijing?
2: We were in Beijing four years. Okay. So I went uh, just after the Vancouver Olympics in 2010 and then went to Beijing and yeah, I was there for four years. Far out. What yeah. was it that brought you to Beijing? Work. So the company I was working for in Vancouver was a catering company. And they also had an office in Beijing. So I moved for what was supposed to be a six month contract and ended (laughs) up being a a four year stint in in China. But I enjoyed it. And uh, Beijing was super exciting. It was a great time. Just um, we were we had many different divisions in the catering. One of them was international schools. And for the schools, some days the pollution would be so bad that on the doors to go outside, they would write, you can't go play outside today because of the, the pollution in the air. And I thought for, for my wife and I wanting to start a family that that was.
0: Were they writing it in the dirt? Because that's really bad. Yeah, if yeah write exactly. It, it right on the if you can smear really it first, up, don't go outside.
2: Yeah, yeah. The grime. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> Let's track back even further. So you're originally from Canada? Yes. <laughs> um, born and grew up whereabouts? Vancouver. Okay. On the West Coast. West Coast. So I know nothing about Canada. We know a little bit. <laughs> do we?
1: We do. We've had a couple of Canadian guests. You're not the first. Sorry.
0: No. Well. I like the Canadians though, they're nice people, aren't they? Well you yes. kinda have to say and that unless since aren't. I'm sitting here. I but. say that in front of you. We love the Spanish, we love the Italians. I did well oh, Italian, she was nice.
1: Yeah, the charm was lovely. Um, yeah.
0: Do I have a Spanish? Yes. Who was Spanish? Sophie. No, she's Belgique. Yeah. She just got a business well, in, in Spain. Spain. That was it. Yeah, yeah, mm, yeah. Thanks for that, Russ. All right. Um I asked this question and Russ always tells me, <laughs> tells me off when I asked this question.
2: <laughs> what was it like growing up in Vancouver? There you go. Ah, uh, it was great for me. I mean, of all the Canadian cities, Vancouver, climate-wise, is great because it's moderated by the ocean. So, you know, summers are great, winters... Uh, Sorry, how old are you? I'm 39. Okay, oh Russell's age. So I'm just yes, to... I heard about this on another <laughs> podcast recently, <laughs> actually. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Russell's been 39 for the last. How long have I known you?
2: Who the last cares? Seasons, yeah. um, <laughs> Seasons, I like that.
0: <laughs> where, I'm just trying to work out where Vancouver is as I'm pointing West. to you, West. Far West Coast. So never is shredded wheat. Okay, that's, that's right. right. I do the same. Thank you very much. Okay. Campus. And growing up, cause, so you're a trained chef. I am, yes. So when was it your first, or when was the first time you went, do you know what? I want to be a chef?
2: I started bussing tables when I was 18 years old to save up for the Can I after jump in here quickly? Yeah. waiting tables. Ah, uh, waiting. Yes. Yeah.
0: Sorry, what was I not going to understand? Bussing. Oh, bussing. Yeah. Oh, I, I wasn't listening. To be fair. Exactly. Yeah. There I we go. Was, <laughs> makes me feel I, Good. Yes. <laughs> welcome welcome <laughs> to the podcast, Adam. <laughs> <laughs> what I thought he said was bussing. So I was ah. about to talk about. Are oh, you playing music? But then Okay. So what? Yeah. <laughs> My there brain was ticking well, over. So my, you're clarity. welcome. Yeah, That's yeah, great. yeah. The, the <laughs> yeah. translation <Should've>, circle. <laughs> should
1: have mentioned, this happens a lot.
0: Good. I'm Sorry. prepared <laughs> yeah. now.
2: Go on. <laughs> uh, so I was waiting tables uh, after high school, before university, to save up for the, the Europe trip, as, as most of us do in Canada. And um, I was doing that for a while. And then one day, the, the chef of the restaurant I was working at held up a chef uniform, and he said, when are you coming into the kitchen? I said, oh, I never really thought about it. And I made that transition into the kitchen and I just fell in love with it. You've
0: never, never thought about being a chef or never nope. done any sort of cooking or anything? Nope. What was your
2: they, academic background? Uh, at that point, it was high school. Oh, right. Okay, cool. So it was right before I was going to go to university. Yeah. Uh, but then I just this company I was working for was absolutely amazing. And they just took me from a busboy to an executive chef. And I loved every minute of it. And my goal was always to, at some point, trans- transition back to the front of the house and become a GM. Mm-hmm. Uh, it didn't happen as fast as I thought because I just completely fell in love with food and the kitchen. And it was... Uh, what yeah. was the,
0: the first restaurant where you, you went from being a, a busboy into the kitchen? What was the style of food?
2: It is um, uh, international cuisine, I guess. It's kind of casual fine dining. Um, I mean, we would have our burgers and pizzas and things like that, but then we'd also have, you know, fine dining steaks yeah. and different menu uh, items. And, uh, at
0: this point, these, the universities just went, you know what, I'm not going to go now. This is my path.
2: Yes, that was an interesting conversation with oh, the parents, it, for yeah, sure. Was, yeah. But, yeah. Um, the again, the the company I was lucky enough to start with was just amazing. I mean they teach you everything, not just the culinary aspect of it but the business sense of it as well. Um, so there's no it was just addictive being in that kitchen and, and the, the pace of things and again just being open to starting a culinary journey was was really radical. So when you started this,
1: uh, were you were you working like a, in an independent place or like within a chain sort of larger company.
2: Yes, it was uh, a chain. Okay. Um, and then yeah, so there was lots of opportunity in there as well. So when I started with them, they had, I guess it was about thirty-five restaurants, right, and then okay. by the time I left, we were at sixty-two or something right. like that too. So it was a growth company, but you know, you never felt bored. That's for sure. What but, was it?
0: Are we allowed to mention the chain?
2: Yeah, it was called Earls. Oh. which is a very famous Canadian brand for okay. sure, or West Coast. And mm-hmm. now they're into Ontario and back East and into the States as yeah. well. So. But it
1: makes a difference in terms of if, like a small independent restaurant gives you a job as a chef versus yes. there's a larger chain here where you've got room to A, be trained and develop and grow.
2: Definitely. It makes
1: it, I guess, an easier thing to sell to the parents.
2: <laughs> different, uh, Yeah, and they're just different experiences. Independent restaurants are amazing as well because – Perhaps you have more creativity with the menu and you can, you know, make your changes and things like that. But as you said, you're also still in the six, same 60 seats for, yeah, yeah. for a long time until you make a transition. Um, but yeah, it was it was easier, but also to go from going into university and then telling them out of the blue at 20 years old that I'm going to be a chef now is also a tricky situation. And, and but I mean,
1: what were you going to do at uni? Did you have a plan or an idea? No, or?
2: not a clue. Oh, wow. So...
1: Usually rock up first day and go, I'll
2: do. Yeah, like Bachelor Pixar. of Arts, start right. there and then kind of figure out the way. So, this actually helped me with uh, finding out where my passion was early Absolutely. on. Yeah. And then I just had a great company culture me through and, and um, build it up to where I had lots of opportunity. And then I ended up going to uh, Le Cordon Bleu cooking school yeah. to get my degrees there. And, what did you call um, it, sorry? Le Cordon Bleu.
0: Okay. What would you call it, Jay? I'll call it called on blur, <laughs> but I, I I'll be I'm happy to you know. <laughs> Is it blur or blur? blur? It
2: depends if you're French or not.
0: Well, I'm not French, am I? You you
2: like, hey, nice. There you go. There you go.
0: Okay, called on blue. And what do you do at called Bleu blue
2: school? Uh, it's a culinary school, so you go through. This one was. Uh, it's a French school. No, <laughs> just a, sorry, I was just thinking. Because isn't that a cordon, Isn't that a chicken with
0: cheese, cheese and ham in it? Isn't that a cold on blue? Yeah, there is So is that dish. the only thing you learned? Because that would be a rubbish school. That would that's be. what you're doing. That
2: would be an expensive mistake I'd if that was that, the only you take do it really takeaway. I you're really fucking well.
0: I mean, <laughs> if you can do a chicken breast stuffed with cheese and ham and then breaded,
2: that's pretty good. Yes, I'm impressed. And I, I, And mm. honestly, we never made that <laughs> in the whole time. Oh, that's a shame. <laughs> yeah, denied.
0: So this cold on blue school is this in Canada?
2: Yeah so it's uh, it is in Canada. They have one they have a few. They have one in Paris and one in Ottawa are kind of their main schools and then they have a few franchises but the franchises have different curriculums and start to stray away from the traditional Le Cordon Bleu French techniques that they, they train you. Had you uh, when you started
0: your culinary journey at this at Earls? Thank you Earl. Uh, did you think about oh no the French is the French cooking that's where I'm gonna that's what I think I need to do
2: no actually it was um I felt that the you know one of the disadvantages to to starting in a company is that you have the recipes you have the the systems already in place so there's not a lot of room for creating your own recipes or you know a little bit of creativity so I always found that you know, I'd go home and open the fridge, and I was still a little bit stuck because I felt like I always needed that recipe as a. You're a big guy. A to get out of a fridge is quite difficult <laughs> exactly. to squeeze out. But uh, so I wanted that. So I went to Le Cordon Bleu to be able to cook anything, anytime, and just have that uh, that confidence of the skill sets and things like that. And the French techniques are a really solid foundation for then going and doing whatever else you want to do. But the cooking techniques and use of ingredients or are... That's
1: like your base foundation. Exactly, exactly. And throughout the school, did you... Was it just about sort of techniques and cooking sort of from where we are now moving forward? Or did you go back and sort of learn much of the history, like Avrache, and all of that? In yes, terms of
2: how... that's exactly right. So Scoffier we learned... it's uh, It was the old French cooking yeah. techniques and recipes as okay. well. So they actually held back on the newer methods because you know, with uh, sous vide and molecular gastronomy and things like that. They said, you'll have time to learn it, but why don't you just learn how to, you know, boil a perfect egg first instead of this 60-degree egg and things like that, right? Yeah. So it's kind of teach the basics, understand why you would want to do anything molecular, and then, you know, make your own decisions from there once you have the foundation.
1: And do you have any um, either past or present sort of mentors isn't the right word, but sort of other chefs or guys that you looked up to. Um, I thought, well, yeah, whether it was a famous chef now. Like Wendy. Um, no, Ronald McDonald. What's the guy? Um, Mr. King. Who's like the, the chemistry chef? What's his name? Uh, bald guy, glasses. Little I know who
0: he is and I'm not going to tell you because this is fun. Heston Blumenthal. Blumenthal. Thank
2: you. Yeah, yeah, Hest- yeah thank you. Yeah. Oh, his shows are incredible too. like yeah. He does for sure. I think that's the great thing about being in the industry is that you can never know everything. Sure. And every, every, the there thing. are so many chefs that are inspirational for a couple of their dishes or components or concept that it's just, um, it's an exciting <laughs> industry to be able to adapt and to, you know, change your techniques and flavor profiles. and. So how long was,
1: how, well, A, how long were you at um, the school for?
2: The school was a year and a half. Okay. Because uh, I just did the, they have a baking program a patisserie program and um, the cuisine program. Did Sorry. you use Canadian bacon or was it
0: streaky bacon? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Only Canadian bacon. Okay. Absolutely. What kind? Of I do like Canadian that? bacon. <laughs> so, can we just edit that one out? Yeah, I, mean, I, I thought that was, was very good. Question. See, we don't even call it Canadian bacon. Yeah, we just, just bacon, call it bacon. bacon. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fine, that's a podcast. Adam Goodman, thanks, thanks Just for having me. All the yeah. best. <laughs> <laughs> we always going to promote your kids' meals, but you know what? I'm not going to now. Yeah. Don't buy kids' meals. Yeah. <laughs> what happened after your um, school? Uh, well, that's when I got the job with the catering company, also in Vancouver. But they were the biggest catering company in Western Canada—a
1: like contract catering sort of thing.
2: Yes. Yeah. So it was all offsite caterings. Yeah. They did uh, high end private parties. They did huge corporate parties. Um, but they were, again, their style was incredibly creative. And the thing I liked about that role is that when they would talk to a client at the beginning, it always be with a blank piece of paper to so be like, tell us the concept for the event, tell us what you're doing. And then they have amazing chefs to build a recipes and dishes around that. So. As a chef, you got this opportunity to see new dishes all the time and to have input into them. And um, and the sheer volume was impressive as well.
0: That's interesting because Russell and I both... Well, I say Russell works at weddings. Russell turns up at weddings for five minutes and says, now you can change your Facebook status to married. <laughs> um, and then leaves.
1: If you've got a winning line, don't change it. <laughs> it's, it's not because winning...
2: you're playing to a different audience every time, right? So... That, you that you'd hope me, so. For me, yeah. it's the added.
1: Well, yeah. You hope quite, so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the added hilarity is yes. Yeah. Except for the, the the
2: regular. Well, at least a fifty percent new audience. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Not <laughs> me. I hear it every
0: frigging week. Oh, I used to. But I meant, joking aside, I used to go to a lot of the. Uh, the food tastings. Yes. Because I would then go and meet the couple as a DJ and you would yeah. meet them as well and there'll be food tasting. But they used to just bring out, this is the food you can have. And it was like a choice of three. Mm. So you're saying that they would, you'd just go in there. I love the idea of a blank canvas and saying, mm-hmm. right, we're going to create your wedding. Let's do it together.
2: So, yes. And of course, I mean, the websites have sample menus and things like that. But you always wanted to talk to the, talk to the guest, the client, and find out... Likes, dislikes, passions, and especially for weddings. I mean, we did do a lot of weddings, but even for corporate events, they, you know, Shell would have their colors, right? And then you have to put those into the food or play around with it and have some fun. So it was always creating something from scratch, which I liked. And, of course, we we had dishes we'd use over and over, but it was always uh, coming up with new cutting-edge things to, you know, push canapes or entrees or whatever it is.
1: And in terms of when you came out of the school, was it, this just job appeared or did you want to go into that sort of alternative contract catering as opposed to going back to a restaurant or a
2: a hotel or something? I wanted to try catering because it's a totally different can of worms from a restaurant. So some restaurants open catering companies and some catering companies open restaurants. But even then, they're not always 100% successful because they are two totally different business concepts. Just like the Indian restaurant
1: up here.
0: I'm sorry, Russell, can you explain that one a little bit more?
2: No,
1: exactly that. There's a huge catering company here. They do all the Indian weddings. They have the most amazing food. Sahar?
2: Um, or or yeah. Is, yeah. Oh he's amazing. It's
1: yeah. phenomenal, right? He's wicked. So and then they opened the restaurant which Ah, I didn't know that was his. Yeah. Ah. So but which didn't fare too well, but on they are a catering company. Yeah.
0: Other um, Indian restaurants are available, of course.
1: But not as good as that one was. The food there was tremendous.
2: Which one are you talking about?
0: What was it called again it, uh, Sahar?
2: uh sahara i yeah. believe was the name of the it's my daughter his name all oh, right that without sure that's what it was it's, yeah, it's been yeah. so long now because it used to be by uh, napoleons yeah or no, no further, or on. D- further down yeah, yeah that uh yeah general area i don't like indian food i love indian oh, food. I'm, I'm a big fan yeah no, I'm, I'm, I'm is indian
0: own, food man. big in Canada?
2: yes uh well I'm, yes it's well no but uh, my Take point being version. is, it, <laughs> I but, say it's like, but in the
0: UK you got you go fish and chips and Indians. Yes. You know that's where you you know that you go on a Friday night. You go and have a curry. Well, that's where the Balti started, right? <laughs> if it's that cold, <laughs> Russell. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, but it's not as on a Friday night. What would be the apart from poutine? What would be the thing that you'd go out?
2: That's about it, actually. Uh, on a Friday night, it's only it's, poutine. Okay, <laughs> no, like. uh, it's. I wouldn't say we're as. Cookie cutter as on Fridays it would be curries or fish and chips or something like that. I mean, Vancouver too has such a actually Canada now in general has a huge food scene. So new restaurants are always coming up, and these aspiring chefs are putting out some amazing things. So to be honest, on a Friday you're probably trying a new restaurant that you've never tried before and um, doing the doing the scene.
0: So you're doing catering in Vancouver,
2: yes. Um, And where did that take you? So we did. We were lucky enough to get some really interesting contracts for for the Vancouver two thousand and ten Olympics. So we had we had our production kitchen, but then we also had thirteen satellite kitchens that we set up around downtown in different buildings to provide um, different companies full service. So we had one of our biggest ones was right by the Olympic torch, and we had uh, oh we're
0: barbecue. Dying. Please tell me we had marshmallows.
2: Well, yeah, it's just <laughs> from the 75th floor straight down to the torch, just one long stick with just a, sing- the a singular out. mini just marshmallow on yeah. Just a little tiny one. one, not a big one. Well, if, it's Canada, if it's Canada, then you have to do the s'mores from there too, right? Oh, so. Man, yes. So that was exciting. And again, um, you know, we had different contracts that, for example, the first gold medal, Canada one, activated a contract with the client. So we had to rush 20 chefs to, this, uh, to the company who supplied the gold for the medals And then in their huge office building, we would do a full service within a few hours. So it was, um, it was a really amazing experience. It was basically about a month of no sleep, no (laughs) blinking. (laughs) (laughs) So it was, uh, yeah, I mean, that was an amazing, and especially to have the Olympics in your hometown was really quite an experience. Uh, And then after that was, uh, yeah, on the way to Beijing. So
0: were you with your partner at the time?
2: No, we met in, uh, Alexandra and I met in Beijing. Okay, so
0: what was the reason for you going to Beijing?
2: That was work. So the catering company Culinary Capers that I worked for. Sorry, what's her name? Culinary Capers. That's a great name. I like that name. That's very cool. They, in 2008, when the Beijing Olympics took part, they ended up setting up uh, an office there because the only caterers at that time were hotels and hotels only did packages so you can have package a package b yeah. package c and we took our blank paper model there and really created want? something new but there it took a few years for that to pick up by 2010 they were they needed help so we had send a couple chefs every now and again and then they also wanted to open up a few restaurants so they asked me To go over to support with the catering, and then eventually build up their restaurants. Had you traveled before that? I had traveled a lot. I had only at that time been to Vietnam was my only Vietnam and Japan were my only Asian stops, and I'd never been to China before that.
0: But you was kind of you were up for it, as Uh, in you were kind of excited to go.
2: Yes, I mean. They did some amazing. So in the in the owner's office, she had in Vancouver. She has a huge picture of when they did catering on the Great Wall, and mm-hmm. it was forty five people. It was a lunch, and it's just this huge long table, right on the Great Wall of China. I mean, it wow. is out of this world. So she's talking. She's like, "Would you like to go to China and you know support for six months?" And I was like, "Well, if I, I can, can do there. that, yeah. <laughs> if you put me on one yeah. of those events, I'll do it." And she's like, "Okay, uh, when can you leave?" I'm like, "I don't know, you know." whatever <laughs> and she's like okay uh how's five days sound and like, okay yeah. <laughs> and so she got the visa and stuff ready and then five days later i was on my way to china for six months slash four years just out of interest uh, have you got brothers sisters i do have a sister yes an older, older sister older. okay yeah. and you
1: found it all still in vancouver or? yes okay
2: yes gotcha. so. so what was
0: it like the culture shock of beijing
2: yeah um I don't know. I really liked it. I found it uh, it obviously took a little bit of time, but there was no big shock value. It's just uh, I had a. again, the company I worked for was amazing. They helped set up my apartment and the transition that way was very easy. There was always English speaking staff to help me out and to kind of quiet me down. And to be honest, I was working so much that wasn't really exploring too much at the beginning. And uh, yes, they they were really supportive and it just, it was, I'm a big explorer when I go traveling. I love being on the streets, obviously street food, no brainer for me, right? And it was a great city just to, you always felt safe. You felt like around every corner, there was a new noodle shop or dumpling shop or something you haven't tried before. And I went over with one other chef from the company. So we were both new to it and could find our way and then... The owner of the Beijing office, he was also amazing. So he took us to the best restaurants and to play around. And so I never felt shocked. I felt like it was a great gradual lead into to China. And especially being in Beijing, it's such a a melting pot of people from all the different provinces of China. But also the expat community is massive. Huge. And it was the first time I'd ever heard the term expat. Was when I was there as an like, expat, as a like, I don't know what that means <laughs> yes yes i yes, am i guess, I guess. I am, I am. <laughs> is that a good thing it sounds like something in prison from but the, yeah
1: from the from the job perspective are you there more in like a logistics operations management role or from the culinary side i went in into the,
2: the i went into the kitchen first and helped uh, supported with the hiring of staff to expand we moved into a new facility which was amazing and then that had uh, a restaurant space in it as well. So then I moved to GM to open up that restaurant for them. Okay. And then another restaurant after that. And then another restaurant after that.
0: You, you've gone from cooking chips and gravy and cheese curd to yeah, French yeah. food. And now all of a sudden you're thrown into China. And How was your Asian cooking at the That's time?
2: Exactly Zero. Yeah. Zero. I mean, uh, it was great because, again... The thing about China is with with so many, what is it, 17 provinces, 18 provinces, the the styles of cooking in each of them are so different that you can really even something like pepper, for example, right? You have a chef that uh, he's from a certain province, uses long pepper, so you get to learn about the flavor profile of that and the correct way to use it. Another one uses Sichuan peppercorns for that tingly fun yeah. sense on your tongue, right? So it's you definitely picked up a lot along the way
0: That's interesting because we, we talked to Tony, the
1: other,
0: day, Tony the, other the other week who will be on just before you're on um, and he was saying about the Asian food and how the different of the fermented fish sauce and he yes. learned the different flavors from that from being here so it's interesting about the peppers as well
2: yeah well that's one example again but uh, yeah because each of the China's massive obviously so downs. not the people <laughs> <laughs>
0: Was that racist? Probably. Oh well, I right. was trying to think of that Wait, basketball what? player, what? Yeah, 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 yeah. I could. Yeah, no, he was quite tall to be fair. But
2: one out of a billion. Yeah. yeah. Oh, more one point three or something. Anyways, I've not counted lot. recently. A lot, a lot. Yeah.
0: But you enjoyed it. So you can do your four years there, and you've met your beautiful partner. Yes. At the time. About? Yeah. How did that come about? Because she's not Chinese.
2: She's not. She and is she's Bulgarian. not Canadian. She's <laughs> Bulgarian. Yes.
0: So how did a Canadian meet a Bulgarian in China?
2: We met through a friend of ours. Tinder? <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. Pre, Pre-Tinder. <laughs> Pre-Tinder. Jeez, I think I still had one of those Nokia phones back then. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Playing Snake. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was a great game. Super addictive. My, my 8210. I missed my 8210. <laughs> For the three-hour traffic jams. And you could just traffic.: it jams. And it never break.
1: And the battery lasted about oh, 10 forever. days. Yeah.
0: Right, at least. Anyway, how did you meet your beautiful... Uh, so she's wife yes. nice so now, isn't she? She is, yep. yes.
2: So we met through a friend, and uh, the compound where I was living had a coffee shop. So she just happened to be in there one day seeing her friend who was a chef at the coffee shop, and then she introduced us, and the rest is history.
0: Wow. She's a beautiful lady, by the way. You've done Thank well. you. <laughs> she's lowered her standards. Oh, she, to definitely. Be fair. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I, mean, yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> I mean, you've batted very <laughs> high up, haven't you? Yeah. To be that's fair. Just, that's why the ring went on the finger pretty quick. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
0: glad you said that
2: (laughs) um so
0: after the four years you were you were together um but but
2: you didn't get married till we until we came here so so i proposed to her uh actually just about two months after we arrived in phuket but you both went why was it that you both decided to come to phuket we were looking at a few places again the goal was we want to stay in southeast asia because we love asia it's exciting it's dynamic we feel like we can do anything here And we wanted to start a family. We wanted fresh air and nature to be really part of that upbringing. So we looked at uh, Philippines, Singapore. But we actually had a friend who I used to work with in Beijing was here. So we started talking to him, and um, we landed on Phuket. And had you planned? uh, Sorry, your lovely lady was she doing weddings at the time? She was in. uh, She did corporate events. Okay. Um, so she's yeah that was her event she did car shows like event management exactly exactly so she would do well different events
0: and so when you think about coming here what was your plan obviously you being a trained chef were you looking to open your own place you're looking for a job you're looking to do catering what was your kind of your thinking
2: we explored everything to be honest so we it takes a while to plan a monumental move like that So we actually planned for, I think it was about eight or nine months to put all the pieces together, to fly here, to see if we liked it or Bangkok or a couple other places. Uh, And then I just, we sent out a couple of feelers to see where the market was. And then that's how I got a hold of two chefs uh, before I moved. So then that was in, I don't know, in April or March or something like that. And then I flew down to meet them in July and then we ended up moving in September. Wait, sorry, which uh, 2014. 2014. Okay. And so what was your role with two chefs? I was their general manager. And at the
0: time, how many restaurants did they have?
2: At that time, they had Kata, Kata Center, Keron, and Kamala. And then they had their their bakery and cafe as well. So it was five, five outlets and mm-hmm. catering.
0: And so you're now managing... Rather than cook it. Although you had done you'd been managing before, but yes. this was a different role from a catering manager's job, uh, surely. Well
2: in, in Beijing we opened we ended up opening it was three restaurants in total, so I oversaw them. <laughs> and then after that I moved into uh, as a s as sales for catering as well in Beijing. So I've definitely done a few things over the years which prepared me for the the two chefs role.
0: And when you was with two chefs is when we first met. the burger competition
2: competition. yeah
0: absolutely you were a a firm supporter i thought it was an amazing
2: event to bring everyone together and especially i think one of the things i liked is that chefs we see each other some of us hang out but to have that many chefs together and to go around and say hi and to taste the food i just thought it was amazing really cool and people is a great buzz for that event.
1: This is probably a silly question, but within the chefing community, I don't just mean in Phuket, but sort of like on a general level, is there a lot of, um, sort of antagonism, if you like, between you? I mean, is, it there a, is it a supportive community, learning from each other all the time, or is it very much competitive?
2: I've been lucky because the the chefs I've been around, it's more of a supportive community. Cool. Okay. And you have to talk. You need an outlet. You need to talk about staffing issues and supplier problems and these things that plague you on an 18 hour day, right? It's, you need that vent. So I've been lucky and some of the, um, uh, some of the chefs that trained me or have become my friends to this day are, you know, a phone call away and and supportive. I have heard it the other way where there's butting of heads and stealing of ideas. Uh, ethical stealing unethical yeah. stealing of staff and stuff like that so i have seen both but i've been lucky with my do you
0: think it happens which way round? here would i would have thought that in an environment like phuket where you've got a lot of expats chefs in a small in a small i would i would imagine they're more supportive. closely supportive yeah. whereas if you was in your own country where it's more of a competition to try mm. to be better whereas
1: a, like like bangkok in a bigger city mm. right so
0: well, Sorry, I was thinking about something else. I'm sure Banging cocks. But anyway, um, you also worked with QSI. How did the, uh, who
2: yeah. were part of the burger competition? That's right.
0: So, how did that relationship happen?
2: So, we, so, Two Chefs had a catering division. And we were doing, as you know, wedding and corporate events and private dinners and things like that. And one of the divisions we wanted to start was also institutional catering. So Rob Peters, who is the oh, old sorry. That yeah, means no, something yeah, completely yeah, 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 different yeah. to me. Yeah. <laughs> Institution that means like that
0: it's crazy people yeah, that has yeah, yeah. uh, put away for a long time. I bet but it's
2: probably good money to be made in that no, too. Absolutely. They need to, to weep. Everyone's got a week. Yep. Everyone's Everyone's
0: wee. That's true. Oh, so it was Rob. We loved, we interviewed Rob. Rob's lovely. Rob's like, lovely awesome. teeth. Yep. Lovely really teeth, nice right. teeth. Yeah. He really does. He's where he's gone now, isn't he's he? Stateside again. Yeah, yeah. Oh bless. would you like to Adam, you can you can order something if you like. It's okay.
2: Coffee lady. <laughs> one Americano, please. Thanks. Um, so, yeah. So, he we were talking one day, and he was saying that in the coming year, he was looking for a new caterer for the school. And so, we pitched some ideas and came up with a great concept for him with healthy eating and interesting ideas. And then, two chefs went in to do the catering for QSI for the school year.
0: And that was kind of cool because I, I like the fact that we used work. And so, when we had the burger comp, mm-hmm. you had the kids were there. Obviously with your support as well, which is really cool. So they were putting the ideas through and getting the knowledge from yourself and then um selling lots
2: of burgers. It was good. Well that's what we wanted too, is that these these students, they knew what to do. They just mm-hmm. needed some guidance and especially when you're doing four hundred burgers, yeah. There's there's logistics and planning and things that need to go into it. But our goal was to give them that knowledge and for them to run their own stall. And to be there in the back should something, should a kid <laughs> light on fire or something like yeah. that. But uh to, to really give that to them so they understand that people, the students who decided to do it had culinary interest. Yeah, so sure. I wanted to show them this is hard, right? Yeah. So forget Gordon Ramsay, forget the Food Network. Here's where it is. Tell me your recipe. Let's tweak it. Let's go through it. Now, here's how you make 400 burgers. Let's talk about the schedule. Let's talk about equipment packups. Let's talk about transportation. So we really took them through the whole process of doing an event from scratch. And actually, and this is where I get quite passionate. A burger
0: is, is actually, it's not a simple thing to get right. If you're going to do it, and especially if you're doing 400 of them, to get them all right and to get them tasty. And so when the kids were putting the burgers together, and I'm going off topic I just want to talk about burgers for a bit, <laughs> would, would they come up with the ideas of the different, um, what they wanted to put on the burger? Everything was theirs.
2: I only supported with um, small like seasoning tweaks here and there from a palate point of view. Uh, but to be honest the recipe was theirs the name for the dish was theirs the the marketing was theirs everything was theirs it was just to support them to be successful at that event that was why i was there and my team
1: just honestly on a on a bigger scale like your primary role with qsi was to provide the catering for for the school as students at the school correct did you work with any of the other schools
2: uh, no, we wanted to we wanted to focus on QSI and make that the best model, mm-hmm. and then as as the years progressed, was to expand that, okay. and then COVID came. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> minor
1: details, but I mean, school school meals. I think, I can say from the UK. I can talk about it, and the US is very prevalent. I don't know what's like in Canada. I'm going to guess it's kind of the same. Whereas you're probably talking, you know, crappy burgers and chips and, and shit food, low content, low. Quality, low cost. Um, but is there a means or a way in which we can a, improve quality, but yes. mitigating the cost in some ways? There's got to be a way to do it. Well, that's Provide right. Healthy meals for the that's
2: kids. That's right, and that's why with my new company, Kids Meals Phuket is. We're one of our divisions. Is okay. I don't know if I can say institutional anymore, but is go for it. Just is, from one is, institutional. Is, is uh, uh, are the schools, and we mm-hmm. want to start with the nurseries and the kindergartens. Mm-hmm and start to adapt that because the food that we have for kids meals Phuket is as tasty as if you were to go to a restaurant as an adult and eat it we just make sure that it's nutritious and healthy with no sugar low sodium no preservatives all of that stuff so it is possible to have uh, a crazy healthy meal for your kids at the school and even my daughter she's three when we were looking to put her into school of course i'm looking at the menus sure and to be honest it was maybe a little bit shocking what was out there and I could never find the right menu because there was sugar on there and I don't want her never to have sugar, but I don't want it on every afternoon saying, yeah. snack. I don't want toast and jam to be her only breakfast mm-hmm. uh, or fried rice for lunch and, and these different things. So I wanted to take, we, I, we have 120 dishes at Kids Meals Phuket on our website that we sell and I wanted to convert those into a really great meal plan where... The kids are, you know, they're loving the flavor profiles, but they're also getting that. They're getting that nutrition. And so
1: what ages are you sort of targeting here?
2: So
0: oh, can I just jump in a minute? Because you segued into that really well, <laughs> Russell, by getting Adam to talk about his current business. Yes. Adam did really well to mention it and was going into it.
1: And you want to fuck it all up.
2: Yeah, so I, why, I, I why do why? want to mess it up a little bit yeah.
0: <laughs> because what I want to say is COVID hit. And you've come up with this amazing idea of Kids Meals Phuket, mm-hmm. which I'm now going to come
2: into. So now it's your idea. Yeah, yeah.
0: Kids Meals Phuket, <laughs> <laughs> No, but my when did this idea, because obviously COVID hit, two chefs obviously then, you know, there was the problems there. That always happened. A lot of them had to shut down because there was restaurants couldn't open. You're in a, in a situation, your missus is doing weddings, mm-hmm. which there's no weddings. So when did the two of you sit down and went, Shit, we gotta do something. What should we do? Or have you always had this idea?
2: This we we can't help but be entrepreneurs, my wife and I. So we are always throwing around ideas and just brainstorming. This idea, I believe, was about three years ago, but to be honest, we were just both of us were so full on at that time that this this is a company where I had to be in the kitchen and even to get the nutritics properly, uh, you know all the nutritional information in the software and plug out all the numbers and things like that. It takes it takes a while. You have to be hands on. It's not something you can just hire a chef and pass it over. It has to be right. made from the ground up. So we didn't have time then, but we revisited it during COVID, and uh, it took us it took us a year before we even launched it. To again, each recipe, I might have a great idea in my mind, I cook it. I record it, but when I put it into the nutritional software, it shows me it has uh, 10% too much salt or the fat content is 2.5% higher than this child should have. So then I have to go back, redo the recipe, but still make sure I don't lose any flavor. So to do that for 120 dishes takes takes, takes a bit of time.
1: Which way around do you work? Do you sort of just make something first and then assess it? Or do you do do the, the analytics first and then
2: cook it? I always cook first. Yeah, so it's
1: a bit like when you write a song you write the music or the lyrics first. Exactly. Okay.
2: And and also now by the time I did it took me probably about 20 dishes but then I really started to understand the difference, right? Okay. Like, because again we're not using cream we're using 0% milk and all this. Can style. I ask again
0: I'm just trying to get my head around the kids meals Phuket. Yes. So when you came up with the idea the idea was to create meals that as a parent like myself yep. could order yes. and you would deliver them do yes. chicken as well uh, um but that was the concept the original concept was so
2: is that concept
0: uh, yeah obviously then you've expanded a little bit into looking at school catering it's as well d- different divisions different right divisions. so but the original one was to make a dish and then i as a parent could order your dishes and they would be delivered to me i then correct. cook them up heat them up and put them in correct so when you said you've got 140 120-ish? 120
2: yeah. 120
0: <laughs> dishes That's a lot of dishes.
2: It is. Well, it didn't start that way, but we also do subscriptions. So you can have a one-day, one-week, or one-month subscription where we provide for you three meals a day. Mm -hmm. So you don't have to worry about cooking at all, right? So for that, we also wanted to make sure that if somebody did order one month worth of dishes... We needed 90 dishes so people didn't get bored, right? So we kind of, that was our baseline for how many we needed. But then we would get feedback and say, oh, we really loved your muffin. Do you have more flavors." So boom, there's another five different types of muffins, for example, and we just went that way.
1: And what about in terms of, I'm thinking like from a logistics point of view now, you've got
2: Jay and a
1: handful of others as clients and Jay wants this dish and they want that dish. So you're doing one 120 dishes sort of per week or whatever how does that
2: sort of so for for, that? for our online store at kidsmealsphuket.com, the minimum quantity per item is six okay so that way we find most people they yeah. buy six and then they normally do a stock up in their freezer so, so that when they're question, between yeah. between tennis lessons and swimming lessons and school or drama or whatever it is <laughs> They don't have to freak out about not having food at home. Yeah. They open their freezer and Gosh. there it is, a few different selections. So our minimum quantity is six of an item. Okay. Uh, and then the subscriptions are, are a different model. Completely. So you can just you'll deliver a batch every week kind of thing? Yeah. Or? Whatever they need. We we need 48 hours. So okay. we even have on our website, we have a calendar that shows you the next delivery date. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's 48 hours because we make everything fresh. Yeah. So we actually never have anything in our freezer. Yeah because we want the orders to come in. it. you can order them fresh or frozen on the website, but even if you order them frozen, we still, still make like it, it fresh yeah, yeah. to order yeah. and then snap freeze it. So it seals in all the- Sorry, what did you call that? Snap freeze. Oh, snap freeze. Like drop the temperature as fast as humanly possible to keep in everything. And uh, in a blast freezer, they call it as well. And then that way we do it. So yeah, just- want Have you enjoyed to- being back
0: in the kitchen again?
2: I have actually, it's been a few years. And I really love it. I find it's it's really calming for me to be in a kitchen and this It's all the knives. Yes, exactly.
0: <laughs> I have to say, I really love the logo. Thank so you. you've got them um, I'm Very counting colorful. one the five kids. Yeah. We've all we've like kind of headdresses of vegetables on, which I think is very cool, bright colours. It's really cool. Thank you. It yeah. really catches your eye, you know, and yeah, I love it. And you've brought me a gift bag, which we don't often get. Gifts. We, we don't this is not for you, Russell. God this thanks, is for God. me. Well actually it's not <laughs> even <laughs> me. for me. So um, <laughs> what you've done is you've given and I'm showing everyone um they can't I love see. the packaging as well. It's very cool. So I'm gonna take this home right. and then I heat it up, I'll follow the guidelines which are written on there. Yeah. I'm assuming. And then my kids are going to try this, and we're going to ask them their opinion. Definitely. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: no, we we get that a lot. We say, "Oh, the kids only like spaghetti bolognese." And then, again, we we have so many repeat orders from. I can't believe my kid is eating in your in your magic bag. There, there is uh, cauliflower mac and cheese okay. to get away from always having, you know, huge amounts of pasta Absolutely. in a daily diet. Do you know, and
0: from my point of view, I have to, that's my two kids. My two kids live with me, obviously, um, but the the, the cooking is, is is something that is so frustrating? Because I pick them up from school, which I will do today, and on the way home, right? What do you want for dinner, guys? <laughs> Sahara will generally say, "I want." At the moment, she loves breaded fish, so it's kind of a big breaded fish, pasta, and a vegetable, and so I'm cooking that, and it's kind of it's almost it's, the same. Time intensive, yeah. Well, it's almost the same every day, you know. But then Ashton doesn't like the breaded fish, and he might want to have smoked salmon because he's got a Nice palate, bless him. <laughs> Expensive taste. But you might want that rice and the vegetable. So I'm cooking 84 different dishes. That's a lie, two different dishes for my two kids yeah. every single day.
2: And the different components as well, and the right? Different so components, it is eight every components. Every components s- yeah, yeah, and, and it's washing absent. up.
0: And then, oh God, don't even stomach the washing <laughs> up. There's going to be a slap on my kids soon. <laughs> Luckily, they're getting old enough. Um, so this actually for me is a, as, a, as a single parent, but even not even just a single parent, just as a parent, is a godsend. Because it means I can just, like you say, I can grab it out of the freezer, and I know it's been cooked by a professional and not me. Um, and it's great. I love the idea. The concept's yeah. amazing.
2: And again, one of the reasons, you know, you brought out your, your package as well. <laughs> that didn't sound right. <laughs> I, I, t- I immediately took a that massive back. One. <laughs> Seeing as hell there's no camera here. That's not very good. So you it took out the, 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 the... Out this, my magic box. That the, probably the, doesn't sound right either. <laughs> I, I was just, I had to stop because it would have been so downhill. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but the portion, one of the portions I gave you, the labels are, they show the allergies that, you know, of the food that's in there. So if you have a dairy allergy, that that's listed there. It has the heating instructions. It has a best before date. It has every single ingredient and the percentage that you'll see that ingredient. So, you know, it has uh, 27% chicken stock, homemade chicken stock in there or what have you. And then it has a full detailed panel of what is in there. Same as if you go and buy a product from... Villa Market, the back of granola bars or what have you. And then it has health benefits. So you get to physically see, okay, this has uh, you know great vitamin C, vitamin E. And then that's also on our website for every product. So they can go through and really see what their kid is getting. It's not, oh, this time it's, why did I get so much beef this time? And not enough pasta this time. It's, it's the, 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 nutri- the nutrition software is such that it has to be the same every time.
1: Too. And it's kind of cool with, with targeting kids in that way because if they're learning... Now, that you're adjusting their palate now. That's what they're going to grow up with, right?
2: That's right. And that's the thing is we want to introduce, you know, fresh herbs, not in an overwhelming sense, but they're great. So it's just building and building and building. And we find that um, after time, the the parents are ordering more and more and starting to realize that it doesn't always have to be spaghetti bolognese. Now they do the, you know, we do an amazing uh, fish ratatouille with ratatouille and just these other things that... They might just order to see if their kid will eat, but they've already experienced the the flavors, so they're ready for more and it's
1: But also if you're making a a fish ratatouille or even a spaghetti bolognese or one of the dishes you have got for Jay, it's not just for kids. No. Right? Adults can eat these things too, right? Yes. So but in terms of you know building the, the portfolio from there, I mean, speaking for myself, my my evening meal is always the tricky one, and it's more just a yeah. you're tired. Me too. Ooh, yeah. Right? Who the fuck's got time? Yeah. Right. So yeah sometimes it is nice to sort of sit in the kitchen and make something, and that's great. But day in day out, that shit gets old. Whereas Definitely. if you just get to the freezer and go, "Yep, I'll have that," so it's not just about. I mean, obviously, I love the idea of <laughs> targeting kids. Because <laughs> <It sounds laughs> um, there's a lot of benefit in terms of a how that plays out over a longer time. But surely opening it up for
2: so um, we, some degree. No, I mean, we were we didn't anticipate this, but within the first month, we had adults ordering from us or asking how yeah. to order. Because, of course, when you try a new product from a new company, you're going to want to... Test on the kids first. Well, also <laughs> try your kids' food, right? Yeah. And like, oh, my gosh. Because people have this mentality of it's pureed carrot or something super bland that they, they're yeah. shot by the amount of flavor that that is in these dishes so we have four sizes for different age groups and the fourth size is adult size and we have that on the website and then we have another brand that's under development now that will get launched for different branding but for adults specifically Um, do you
0: have one for us he needs buff size (laughs) lots of whey protein size
2: do you um
1: what's your what's your sort of plan sort of next i mean i'm looking at this going you know Getting this into schools and That's taking right. on catering for the schools. So is yeah, we're the step.
2: we're in talks now. Again, we're going to start with nursery kindergartens because I think those are just a great thing to turn around mm-hmm. and and really help the schools with um, creating these menus, doing it for them, and again, all the marketing material and nutrition menus. It's it's a premium thing for a school to have that can be sure. on their website. When you walk in, you can see exactly what your kid's eating. Yeah. Uh, obviously, there's photos of all of our food and things like that. So it, it helps the school to market to have, uh, you know, 100%. don't overlook the food, hundred percent, <laughs> right? So we're starting there and then that division will grow. Uh, and then potentially, as we get comfortable with that, move into international mm-hmm. schools and things. Uh, and then continue so that's one division and then the other division again is the online store because we deliver uh, in Bangkok we deliver to Chonburi. Oh, okay. uh, so it's you know quite uh, we're expanding the cities as well that we deliver to so oh, right. all based from Phuket all based from Phuket excellent yes
0: what's um, oh I was going to ask that question but it's your question come again I was going to ask, what what where's the future? Oh, you just talked about the future, yeah. though, haven't you? So I can't yeah, ask that question. You're,
1: you're really on the ball today, aren't
0: you? I'm, not, I'm really tired. I've had a very long week. I'm looking forward to eating, actually. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah,
1: I'll the, be honest
0: the with you. Kids aren't getting any of that. You know this,
1: don't No, you? the kids
0: won't get any of it. <laughs> no, they really won't. Because, but the other problem I find, and I'm talking... Because I am <laughs> this, I am a real-world problem with what... The solu- you, you're no, the, no, you're no, my just, solution. Just stop there. Yeah. <laughs> Hard stop. Yeah. But, but you are my <laughs> yeah. solution because... I end up, and this is this is true. L- last night, I c- I cooked. Shut up, you! <laughs> my podcast. I cooked. The, I cooked Sahara's dinner. Then I cooked what, and Ashley's dinner at the same time. So I'm cooking them at the same time. And then I don't have any time to do my own. So I just put a quick bit of steak. And all I had was just steak. No vegetables. No nothing. No. And all I'm eating is just steak. And then finishing off what they didn't eat. And that's what my life is. Is just eating their leftovers and just a quick bit. So. To have something like this where I can just concentrate on what I want as well mm-hmm. is a godsend. Mm-hmm. It really is. I think it's from a parent point of view, it's it's a f- fantastic thing.
2: Absolutely.
1: I've got um, free food. Excellent. Thanks. Are you in a commercial space where you're just doing it out of your house? No, no, no,
2: no, no. We have a proper production yeah. facility, we're licensed yeah. to the hygiene standards and everything like that for sure. So you have a no, very we- clean chef top on,
0: may like I say. Yeah. That is the true. Side. I've
2: I've never understood why
1: chef chose whites. Well, I mean, I, I whose had, idea was that, right? Yeah. I've seen some black
0: ones. Cordon on Blanc. Pretty yeah, yeah, the black smart, one. too. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just did a great joke, and you talked over it. Say that about the chef's white. Who invented it? We're
2: just not used to good jokes. No. Yeah. <laughs> caught, us, <laughs> caught us by surprise. Right, Adam.
0: You've been really good for <laughs> the last 50 minutes, right? And that one, your food <laughs> ship.
1: I just never understood why <laughs> chef chose white.
0: It was Cordon Blanc chose it, because Blanc's white. That was the...
2: I
1: feel like we could have talked over that. We yeah, you probably back. could. Probably yeah. just as well that we did. Yeah. <laughs> um, Adam, what sort of things have you got on your bucket list? <laughs> good
0: good, good segue out. Yeah. Thanks, Russ. <laughs>
2: personally. Yeah.
0: Well, personally and business. Uh,
2: well, I guess bucket list. That's a big one. I, I'm a big traveler. I love to travel. And obviously, I want to take my 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 daughter with me and obviously my wife, my family. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe. I don't want to dig too many holes on this podcast, but but uh, Africa is one of them. I'd okay. really like to go on a safari and uh, and again, show the daughter all the craziness. Like there's the hotel with the giraffes sticking yeah. their heads in the windows and things like that. So I would like to really, the bucket list is just doing more world travel as, as we open up and to, uh, to really share that experience with my family. The I think the, massive one. the
1: lack of ability to travel in the last two years for expats mm-hmm. we go again like ourselves has really really lit the fire of wanting to go and travel absolutely and knowing that we had the ability to go out and, and do that again
2: and it's cool. yeah i mean it, another reason going back to one of your previous questions that my wife and i chose Phuket is that when raising a young child you're probably not going to travel too much mm-hmm. and we wanted a place where it always felt like if you needed to you could you feel should. like you're on vacation yeah, yeah, right yeah. so for us we're in Chellong we just go to Kata Beach and mm-hmm wow what else do you need so that's been i think during this time great but also as she gets older we want to give her more experiences based on her interests as sure. she goes up so. and also
1: you can get to god knows how many countries within an hour's flight from here right so yep. there's a lot of exposure Definitely. in a short space of time Definitely. so traveling is a little bit easier you're not doing like a 12 hour flight somewhere
2: necessarily yep. um other than travel any sort of other things oh, wouldn't mind getting launched into space i think that would be pretty interesting
1: Okay. I didn't see that coming. I've got to be honest.
2: No. Well, now, no, I mean, right, William well, yeah. done it. So yeah. Oh, we yeah. Can't be, we can't be too far it behind. I was just like a massive kind of
0: <laughs> slingshot just to launch not one that
2: you actually mean. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just having it. Yeah. I didn't think this through.
1: Yeah. Um, I sort of like the idea of the rebel guy when he went up in the helium balloon and then jumped off the platform from the stratosphere. Yep. In, in some ways, I kind of like the idea. In another kind of way, that's just got to be the most terrifying thing ever.
0: Oh, just imagine slingshot him up though; it'd be pretty cool.
1: Have you done the whole reverse bungee?
0: No, Russell. I've only That's ever mental. You've done mental. the bungee, Russell. Remember that time yeah, we went I've, to do? I've
1: done the bungee and I've done the catapult. that one. And
0: about two months later, the guy died or broke his. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Well done.
1: What you got a bear with no hair? Sorry. E- exactly. When I we did the slingshot, you know the slingshot, the reverse sort of bungee, right? Yes. You're sitting in the cage and you're going, "Bing." I remember being in it there was my mate, and we sat in the cage and the line back was looking up. And on the bar was written, what do you call a bear with no hair? And it stuck with me for all this time. I remember telling someone, I go, what do you call a <laughs> <laughs> you go. never found you, out the you answer. You should have
0: saved that for the outro, I think. Um, Here we go. <laughs> Adam, com. Um, go and check out the website. Go and check out. You can order some food. Try it. As a parent, I recommend it. We've, I've got food here. Thank you very much for that.
2: Oh, you're We're going to get the sure. kids to. There's um, going to be
1: some hungry kids in Phuket because all the parents are going to be scoffing this. I know. I'm looking.
0: For, <laughs> I'm actually. Because I do like your food and I've had your burgers and I really like them. So I'm looking forward to devouring yeah. this. Uh, for my children, of course. Yes, yes. We'll put the link in the uh, description below. Adam, thank you very much for your time. It was my pleasure.
2: Thank you very much for having me. It was was really, really uh, it was a pleasure.
0: Make sure you check out kidsmillpuket.com. Indeed.
2: Thanks, Adam. Thank you. Cheers, buddy. Cheers,
0: Russ. Bye. Bye. Welcome to the outro.
1: Hello, mate.
0: Hello, mate. I
1: do like your festive top.
0: Thank you very much. I, I am sitting here wearing my Christmas festive top because I was emceeing an event this morning at a school Ooh. Christmas live Facebook show.
1: There we go, events, people getting together.
0: Well, no one was together. I was on stage on a mask in front of a camera you talking to stage people on on things. a mask. It's no, a I wasn't on mask. a mask. I was wearing a mask. <laughs> I didn't have my Christ- I've lost my Christmas mask, So I do like my Christmas top. I love Christmas, Russ. I love Christmas. In
1: fact, it's going to be Christmas next week. Mate, how the Donald Duck is at Christmas next week? I,
0: well, what happens is the way that the earth rotates and the sun goes around the earth, there's a thing called a year cycle and then Christmas comes. Good to know. Thank you very much.
1: I thought it had something to do with Jesus, but... I'm glad no, you could, did
0: you not actually know? Because this is the whole funny thing about Christmas. Jesus wasn't born on Christmas Day. Even though Mary's boy child said he was, he wasn't. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, no, no, no. 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 Because Jesus was born, if he was born at all, which dubiously, I don't believe it. Allegedly. But if he was, he was born in the spring.
1: Isn't that when he got stapled to the plank of wood?
0: No, that was Easter. Is yeah. it Easter spring? Yeah. Oh, I don't know. That's when you get eggs, isn't it? Yes. Oh, I like. all oh, chocolate. Look, Terry's eggs. chocolate orange. I, I've got a Terry's chocolate orange. Anyway, in my well fridge. can we get up to Adam, please? Can we sort of segue
1: yes. there momentarily? We yes. We have,
0: didn't it? Um, what a lovely chap. Adam from like Kids, Mills, Kids Mills
1: Phuket. Kids Meals Blue Cats. Looking forward to trying these. I have to admit, I haven't tried it yet. I hadn't heard about it. So, pleased to have been um, educated.
0: No, it's a great concept. And adams he's a super, super cool guy, as all Canadians are. Mm -hmm. They seem to be very, very cool people. But he's a super cool guy, very passionate. And obviously, he's had his kid, and he wants her to have the best nutrition, which is good when you're a chef to be able to cook it. But he's now spreading that nutrition love and helping parents like me out.
1: And I think, a, and we made the point in the podcast, I do think it's, I do think it's great that he is starting with kids because it, it's a quirky thing that if you grow up with that as your palate choice, then that's what you're going to run with. Absolutely. You're I less agree. likely to want to go for the saturated fats and your sugars and all of that because you just don't know it.
0: No, right? it's a great concept. And the fact that he can deliver it and, you know, he can just sit there and you can just grab it when you need it. And like he says, you know, you, I come home from jiu-jitsu down with Nando at a sitai gym other gyms are not available because Sitai's is cool huh. uh, apart from the simili, which I really like as well they're muay thai though um you can then just grab it out of the freezer and I've done it many times where I get yeah. home from jujitsu and it's like 6 30 they've got school next day I've got oh shit I've got to cook you know and you've got to cook from scratch take something just grab that out quickly Easy. put it through heat it up job done and Happy you know, days. It's Good
1: quality, good nutrition. It's good for him as opposed to being some cheap, crappy shit. And he's a great
0: guy. I do like Adam. Yeah, he's I a like egg. him a lot. Right, what he was we was
1: talking a good about? Egg. He's a good
0: egg. Yeah. Oh, good cunnery pun. Um, we're
1: going to have a, a break,
0: Russ. We're going on a holiday.
1: I mean, what, you and I or just the podcast?
0: No, you're busy. You've got busy because Canine Point Academy has got lots of doggies over Christmas, over Christmas and New Year. Busy over Christmas and New Year, man. Yeah, so Russell firmed me up and said, Jay, can we stop the Jada Shark and Friends podcast for two weeks and have a break over Christmas and New Year? And I, th- I said, I think it gives the listener a And break I as turned well. around to Russell and said, Well, if you'd got off your ass, we could have recorded some more. I
1: I've, I've, I've raise a small, <laughs> small flag at that suggestion.
0: Really? Yeah, sorry. Okay. Anyway, it's Christmas. Happy Christmas, everyone. Thank you for listening. Merry Christmas. It's we w-
1: weird saying Merry Christmas. I don't know why. It's, it's December. I know. I know. It's Christmas next.
0: It's December in- 10th now. We're recording this. This comes out in two weeks. So, yeah, work that one out.
1: Yeah, I know, but even so, it just feels—I I can't believe it's December.
0: I love Christmas, Russ.
1: I love Christmas too. I just can't believe it's Christmas already. It feels like March. Happy Christmas, Russ. Can to yeah. put
0: some sleigh bells and stuff?
1: Oh, don't be a humbug. I'm not being a humbug. I'm just trying. I'm. You're being a humbug. I'm just. Old Scrooge, the Scrooge face Scrooge, over Scrooge. here. Scrooge.
0: Right <laughs> on your Scroogeness. Go Scrooge away. I'm going to say Happy Christmas Merry and have a Christmas, great everyone. new year. And we will be back in January with some amazing guests.
1: We've got some amazing guests lined up. What season are we, I mean, what, we, season are we, we on now?
0: Season f- Oh three, god knows three four. Would you want to be in season three? Because we're taking a break, so you say season three starts in January.
1: That's quite bizarre.
0: We'll be back for season three in January. Dun dun dun. What happens? Does Russell finally become nice? No.
1: Just one of us come out of the shower, it was all a dream sequence. Ooh.
0: I came out of the shower a few <laughs> times. On that note, thanks, Russ. Cheers,
1: mate. Bye. 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 Merry Christmas.
0: Merry Christmas. Just go. Go on. Merry Christmas. Have you got a present just for fuck me? fuck
1: off. Don't say that. We'd just be nice <laughs> and then you doing do the F-bomb. No, I haven't got a present for you because it's not Christmas yet.
0: Scrooge, Scrooge face.
1: Goodbye. Follow us on Facebook at Jail Shark and Friends. On Twitter at Phuket Podcast. On Instagram at Phuket Podcast but the best place to go is PuketPodcast.com. The Jail Shark and Friends and Russell podcast was created and produced by Shark 13 Productions. If you are looking to start a podcast or would like to learn more about how a podcast can work alongside your current marketing plans, then contact us now at J at shark13productions.com.